morning, everyone. This is Kathy Mason from Mason Works Marketing here on Conscious Business Zone. And I'm so excited to meet Bridgie Cook-Birch. Hi, Bridgie. Hello. So nice to meet you, Kathy. Yeah. I've heard so many good things about you. And then uh oh I'm, I'm in trouble now. You are I'm in here. so much trouble. <laughs> well, um, what I'm excited about is to learn all about, well, there's several things, so many things, actually. I want to hear about your superpowers that you may have gotten from your near-death experience. I want to, because you're a book whisperer, which is a talent that not many people have. I do know one other person that does something like that, but I'm looking forward to learning about that. And I, I really want to know about how people can tell their story. I mean, the, the, I think that's, what we're missing in our culture is, is learning from the elders' stories in circle or just learning from stories. So, but let, let's start first with um, how did you become uh, aware of um, being a book whisperer? How did, how did that happen? Well, it, it, um, it didn't happen until after my near-death experience. Okay. But it was um, in being able to really be present with people and listen to their stories. Like um, when when I came back from my my near death experience, I had this beautiful awareness of the totality of a person, and I could I could see things that I never could see about humanity and individuals before. And so I could sit down and be really present. And I could hear the stories they were telling. And, and I also had a gift, I think, to be able to hear behind the stories. Because sometimes there are things that we process out loud and we tell about ourselves. And then energetically, uh, there's other things. And there's also the reading in between the lines. And so I was, I was given this superpower, this gift, to be able to really see story in its entirety, to understand crisis and calamity and tension, which actually are really fantastic storytelling skills and builders. But then also everything on the other side, Kathy, like all of the ways that humans are able to traverse the hero's journey or Shiro's journey and, and really um, the opportunities that we have to become victorious over our own stories and the maybe the old stories we were telling ourselves, but also just circumstances outside and inside of us where that we can overcome, become stronger, learn so much. And so stories to me are very sacred and they were important to me before I was an avid reader, but after they became incredibly sacred, every person's story. That's perfect. I totally understand. I understand um, because uh, I think that we learn best through allegory and story, but it's also that you don't feel alone when you start to have experiences with other people communicating. I think that's the indigenous knew that. Um, the, the early teachers knew how to tell a story. That's how religion was spread. But we kind of lost that or it's egoic story. Somehow the energy of the, of the compassion and the empathy and the, the, um, the emotional part of it 
kind of got got lost. How do you, when you're doing the book whispering, how do you urge people to bring out that core self in their story? Yeah, that's such a beautiful question. I really appreciate the depth of that because it is true. There is egoic storytelling and then there's expressive. And the expressive, which really involves a lot of show me stories. It involves a lot of, I'm going to take you on a journey inside of myself and I'm going to be real and I'm going to be raw and I'm going to be so vulnerable so that you you see what I am in the in sometimes a pit of despair, um, when I have foibles, when I have you know fatal flaws, as every good hero or shero does has fatal flaws, and also at certain times when when redeeming qualities come forward. So I invite my storytellers to be just that vulnerable, raw, and real. It doesn't mean you're airing all your dirty laundry. <laughs> It means the emotional aspects of the rises and falls of your story, the emotional aspects of when you experience loss or making a mistake or um, grief, that that those things are, are real and tangible to the reader and you can connect. Right. And then when you rise from those things, there's also, wow, well, if she can do that or if he can do that, Maybe I can do that too. Exactly. And we learn so much. Yeah. And yeah, just- I love that. And and I think that's the lesson of all of this new death experience, um, superpowers, um, that once people get through the fear and the judgment, self-judgment is the problem. Yeah. It's it it um almost everyone that's had a near death experience or a spiritually transformative experience realizes that you created it all. Now you may have created it before you embodied without and you don't remember, or it may be ancestral in your system that you you chose to be incarnate in these family lines that had these things. So that you could see if you could figure out, as the game goes, you could figure out how to release it. But that's one of the things that um, the courage to to make mistakes and to learn from mistakes and just to keep going is is a common trait that I see with almost all near death experiencers that I just love. I love. Plus, they love themselves. They somehow, now, could you talk a little bit about that? Because did you find that when, when you went through, what, what was your near death experience like? Do you want well, to share a little bit about that? Yeah. After we just talked about being really vulnerable, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I will be really vulnerable with you. Um, and there was a time that I didn't share this because I didn't know how to share the depth yeah. of the vulnerability. And I also wasn't sure how to share the depth of the miracle that happened either. And, you know, it was it was so sacred and and special. And I knew what had happened. But, you know, to not have another person in the room having that same experience, you know, sometimes it can play on the confidence levels and who you decide to share it with. So I totally get that. So I, I was in a hospital room. 
And I had been there. I'd lost 30 pounds in three days. I was incredibly emaciated. They couldn't even give me a regular IV. I had to have what was called a subclavian. And um, and they were just trying to, to save my life. And I had a horrific infection. So they're giving me all these different um, six or seven different intravenous antibiotics. And what none of us knew, including the doctors and the nurses, was that one of those was killing me. Oh my I was gosh. allergic to it, had never had it before. And so we didn't know. So we were taking care of the problem, but part of the solution was killing me. And so um, the vulnerable part of this was I was going to college. I was a major partier. I was working three jobs just to make ends meet didn't know how to ask for help, was trying to get good grades. I was failing miserably on about 25 fronts. <laughs> and I didn't have a great relationship at the time with my parents. I wasn't very honest with myself or with what was going on in the world. I just, every day was a struggle to survive. And a lot of it was um, the stories I'd been telling myself yep. about not being worthy of anything. And so what, what did end up happening is I had two beautiful shining light presences that filled my room. And one of them I recognized immediately. And um, to me was a very sacred figure. And he told me I was being given a second chance at life. Oh. So here I was just moments before listening to nurses in the corridor who's saying, she's not gonna make it until morning. And then he tells me, I get to fulfill the measure of my creation. I get a second chance. And um, I, I will never forget that moment. And there was this beautiful thing that happened where um, I was able to tell the nurse the next day that one of the antibiotics, and I could point out which one was killing me, and she just thought I was crazy. Um, but fortunately, the doctor had, had been through enough of these experiences with other patients. He said, well, it won't hurt to take her off this one. And then I was able to walk out of the hospital on my own power within 24 hours. So wow. that was a beautiful miracle. When I came home, because of what happened in that hospital room, when, when he was there, it, there, I'm sure you have heard this over and over again, but there was so much unconditional love. Like I still get weepy just thinking about and joyful at the same time. Like every single cell in my entire body was vibrating with love. Right. And, you know, the hospital table was, the tray was vibrating and everything in his presence was just vibrating, but I could feel it in my body. And, and so to be healed and, and to know I, I get to do this thing called life. Like I get to go out there and, and make something of it. And I began to tell myself a little different story. And, and when you said about the self-love, I hadn't had that before. I had self-survival, but I didn't have self-love. And for the first time in my entire life, I could look into the mirror and I could see love there. And then what was so beautiful was I was able to look into any human's eyes that I came into contact with. 
and I could find a way to get to that yeah. source, even hardened gang members and high-risk youth in Denver that I started working with. It was like, I saw their stories. I saw what made them believe the things that they believed and, and why certain you know uh, things were so important to them. And I could also see beyond that. And so um, it was it was really beautiful because uh, that self-love enabled me to walk into circumstances and situations and engage with people that I would not have been able to do before, um, but also an outpouring of love for them because I knew what it was like to be loved without condition. Oh. And, you know, I have the most incredible adoptive parents that any girl could ever ask for. And they were very unconditionally loving and and yet very human, just like all of us. Right. But this this presence that was so unconditional taught me so much. So with without needing anything from other people, I could just love them and um, and and love their stories. And so it set me off on this just incredible path of what are the stories that we tell ourselves? And then, you know, when, especially as adults, because, you know, you, you mentioned about this, this choosing and you and I are spiritually aligned in that way, because I, I believe that we made some contracts before we came here of, Hey, I'm going to show up in this way. And maybe it's even as, as someone, you know, choosing to do something evil, but I'm going to show up in this way and I'm going to be brave and I'm going to be, I'm going to do these things so that we can grow together. Right. And, and I, I truly believe that those things happen. And so to, to take a look at, at what people have been believing, but also as adults, where they come to a place of, hmm, I've been living life this one way because of maybe my cultural beliefs, my family beliefs, my religious beliefs, with like all of the things and, and the experiences that I've had. But at some point, some magical turning point in everyone's life, there, there comes a place of decision and choice. And that is to no longer be a victim of circumstances exactly. and to choose one's own way into something better. That's perfect. I, I'm I'm in the background going yes yes yes, yes. <laughs> because because that that's what conscious business own is about is that most of the audience are small business owners to to medium sized business owners that have um, their spirit their servant leaders mm -hmm. and a servant leader takes care of their customers and their employees before they take care of themselves and they need to hear about the bravery and being reinforced that they're not alone in this brave adventure to turn the boat around um, and have a more compassionate world seeing mm -hmm. ourselves it's not just oneness it's really about how do you create a team of people and see their divinity and their gift and bring that out so that it's better than one, you know, that Jesus said, bring two together. But this is more about team where where you get to be the um, coordinator and the um, uplifter of that team. And right. so when, when you know when you know these things about 
being fearless. Mistakes are good. Mm -hmm. They show you what doesn't work. When you know that um, every person is a gift. So, so the hierarchy model of business is usually, it used to be, it was this hierarchy. People did everything down here. By the time it got up here, it was yes, no. Mm -hmm. and, um, and that's changing more to a circle now. And so what the knowledge that you're offering and the stories that you're offering, the insights from them are teaching lessons for everyone to benefit from on their journey to wholeness and, and um, change their self-talk, change their way they look at life, um, look at everything in a best case scenario. Yeah. And, and it ripples because when we, when we treat ourselves better, then we recognize the power that we have, as you mentioned, to be a servant leader, but to influence and to raise, you know, raise all the boats together. Right, right. So you remember when you were talking about the indigenous and the, and the loss of stories too, that has happened to a lot of people. I want to share a story, if I may, sure. about uh, a gentleman that, that came to our Inspired Writers Retreat and small group setting in this beautiful cabin and people were being real and raw and sharing stories. And um, he was taught not to cry. So he sang for us oh. and we're sobbing, right? And then he said, you know, I came to this retreat thinking that it would be full of rich white people that we would have nothing in common. And he said, now with you telling me your stories with the walls down, I know we have everything in common. And he said, my culture has lost their stories. We have lost our storytelling. It was forced out of us in our schools and it was beaten out of us in, in certain situations. And um, he said, I'm going back to bring story back to my culture, to my people. And he was working with teenagers and I just celebrated because there has been a loss, but just like you said, we we have the opportunity to turn things around. We have an opportunity to break the cycle. We have an opportunity to turn that boat and, and bring a better uh, way of life and living to the people all around us. So thank you for um, instigating that thought because it's one of my favorite experiences of all time with story and how one person can be such a beautiful ripple. Well, I think it, it, that's why I'm, I'm doing conscious business owners in my, in my belief structure, I think business is one of the big um, potential leaders in turning us back to a more compassionate, loving society. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the way that you do that is by, um, using story, by being compassionate to others, by seeing, um, being the mirror of their divinity in, in all things that you do. Um, it, it, not just being a good listener, but being, showing them who they really are um, because they don't know, or they forgot, or it's buried under self-talk. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so so let's let's learn a little bit more about your writers groups. Um, I I love that. Um, I did work with somebody 
um, Tom Bird and brought him here to the um, Colorado at one point to teach. And he does a meditation. He actually has like a, mes a, a meditation that he uses to open people up. But the books that come through when he does it are, um, they're not what you expected you were going to write. Mm -hmm. they, they're like transcendent information that wants to come out. So it's almost a healing. Um, but I imagine the books that you're talking about and that you help um, birth for these people are, um, are similar, but um, more their story that it could be a healing story, right? Oh, most definitely. In fact, almost everyone turns out to be, whether they're doing a business book or, you know, a self-help book or a memoir or autobiography, um, and even those who are working on fiction, uh, the, the beauty of it is that there's, you know, even fiction, we put ourselves into our characters. But in terms of these others, uh, when a person has an opportunity to reflect back on their life and write about it, two things happen. One is, um, especially for people who've been through really traumatic circumstances, is that the brain operates differently. So if you express something out loud in your storytelling, you can often trigger those same responses in your body as, as when things happened. But when you sit down to write, whether at the keyboard or, or you're writing by hand, um, a different function has to take place inside of the brain. And you become a witness of yourself which is really powerful. And it takes the amygdala from fight or flight into more of an observer. And you're able to get to this place where you can access deep truths, deep emotions, beautiful lessons on the other side of that. And there's a lot more self-compassion and you have the ability to then turn around and gift that to the reader. It's an incredibly empowering and powerful process. So I love that because um, there is no better way to show uh, a more beautiful way of life and being than to really show it in your storytelling. Oh, Even, you know, you, you might be laying out business principles, but when you show the raw and real side and then how you overcame something, it makes it that much better, that more transcendent, that more transformational. Yes. Um, I, I think that we're looking at a time where we're looking for new heroes. Mm -hmm. um, the old heroes were sports figures or politicians or maybe religious leaders. And it seems like there's um, we're out of that guru kind of time period to real people that are heroes. And that's what stories help people do is realize they did it. I can do it, too. Plus the, um, the identification of the different aspects of your, of your journey in a different way by seeing it through another's eyes and, and, and their verbalization of it is so powerful. That's why um, I had a spiritually transformative experience and I got um, just... I went crazy into all the near-death experiencer books because I wanted to see how they articulated it because I didn't have any words. Yeah. And, I, and I didn't really need 
validation that I wasn't crazy because I had already been doing weird stuff since I was a little girl. <laughs> I already was on my journey. It just, but, but it is, um, it is um, difficult to integrate that bigger picture into this reality. Once you've seen the bigger aspect of how this all is available, then to integrate that into your life. And I wake up every morning, 20 years later, still remembering that mm -hmm. visually and grateful for that, but didn't have a way to express it until I, I stumbled on the near-death experience information that gave me this mystical language, this, this uh, connection to nonverbal, um, it made it verbal. Um, thing so so um, more of a common shared language that more beautifully expressed what you had experienced i love that well i think what it is is that so much of this is felt it's mm -hmm. not it's not here it's in your heart so when you go to your heart that doesn't necessarily it, it gets dumbed down when the words come in. So that that's what I was having struggles with. It was like, no, that's not right. That's not the right word. Or but then but then I found some mystical um, near death experience work, and and then you just go, wow, they nailed it. That I I could did I can explain it better now. Not that I was using their words, but I at least had words. Right. Too with. Yes. And, and when I, it's beautiful when I have an opportunity to work with a near death experiencer, that's, that's often they're like, I, I don't know how to take this amazing experience and articulate it in, in yeah. words. But when, when you attend something like IONS or you go to a writer's retreat or you go somewhere else where other people have similar experiences and you, you hear the language or you read the books, all of a sudden there's more of a common tongue mm -hmm. and um and and i like how you said it you know like you didn't have to use their words but all of a sudden you knew how you could express it better right right and that's, that's what the, you know yeah. you're not alone you're not crazy this this happens to more people than it doesn't happen to as we know through scientific studies and now we're becoming brave enough to share and to teach each other and and to be able to change the world through these stories they bring so much hope of you know why are we really here and you know that there's that there's so much more on the other side that is incredible and intense and amazing and this life right now is miraculous this present moment is miraculous and it's also not the end Right, right. Well, I think that so much of this is programming. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so what, when you have a, a, a transcendent experience, um, you sometimes your programming just doesn't fit with what you perceived. And that's, that's the thing that you have to go, okay, does that make me happy or sad? Does that serve? But I even noticed it when um, we, the lockdown started, I had a beautiful office and I had to move back home. I'm still in my home right now. And I had a three, uh, office, three room office with a big conference room and everything. And I had it just the way I liked it. And then, 
then no one was going to ever come to that office again. So I shut it down. And um, but I found myself I'm, I'm working at the computer and I realized my self-talk. I was like, did I just say that to myself? Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. So it was interesting how that time period was a huge reflection. Did you find that a lot of people wrote books during that time right at the beginning of the shutdown that um, that were were part of this healing perspective that I'm talking about where I just didn't even realize no one else had to say something bad about me. I was not being nice to myself. Yeah, that the the, the whole epidemic brought everything to a base level for so many people. And so uh, I think, you know, I myself, I gained weight. I found myself in um, a lot of intense anxiety and I have so much hope on a daily basis and so much joy on a daily basis. But even then, and, and so I had to start monitoring what I would allow myself to listen to, to watch, to, to, to screen. And then I would get to remind myself to you know who am i really why am i here and what can i do in this moment Perfect. and i began to create differently um but i it was beautiful because we had so many authors that that went to the same <clears throat> base level <clears throat> excuse me and um what was so beautiful about it was to get back to knowing who they are and again why they're here but, it, but um, the, the emotions brought up a lot of past experiences for people and they decided to take the time to sit down and write it and witness. And those who actually did the writing, they found themselves better off when COVID was more complete and we could come back out again than those who didn't write, than those who said, oh, I wanna write, I wanna write, but they never actually did. I saw a remarkable difference in how they were handling anxiety and fear and forward movement. So I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up because it, it was an opportunity. And I think anytime we face a crisis, uh, we have an opportunity on how are we gonna respond? And are we gonna let this make us, um, are we going to let it make us fold? Are we going to let it sculpt us and make us better? Right. And, and so we're always at choice. And there were times I didn't let it make me better. <laughs> and then um, uh, daily, I started to, to, to shift that and change that around. And it was so refreshing to see other people do that too. So there was a plethora, not just from my students, but a plethora of books that came out. Um, in fact, the publishing houses are still full of so many books that came out of that era because people decided, you know what, I've been wanting to do this for years. As you know, nine out of 10 people want to write a book, usually less than 3% get it done. But we had uh, an extraordinary amount of art and life and story that was created during that time. It was yeah. beautiful. It, yeah, I, I think um, the other thing that I saw a lot of film came out of this time period, shocking how many people went, hunkered down and did documentaries. And um, even though you, you know, you hardly could be out and they figured out a way to do it. So it's, it's mm -hmm. been an amazing time. Um, how do you get people to finish their book? 
or <laughs> is that well i'm just curious because we published too and um and some people you just sort of let them stew and then come back to it later mm -hmm. and some people go okay i want a deadline and we're going to drive towards this deadline and and there's all the things in between there's all it's so fascinating how this journey of book writing which is in my world to, if you don't have a book it's it's more important to have a book to get your message out there than it is a phd in yeah. my in my world mm -hmm. and so for for to get on stages or to get on virtual stages um if you don't have a book it's very difficult because the competition all does so they'll pick someone who has a book but it is a badge of courage to finish it right it is it is because so many people start and a lot of people don't finish so i agree with you and I, what i have come to realize is two things one is that um every book has divine timing so even my type a people you know are like mm, and yeah. they're just driven but if they're if they're driven to do a work you know that that will have a, the ripple that they want sometimes they've got to slow down and make sure that that the quality that the vulnerability, that the rise, um, that the depth is all present. And so I encourage the slowing down if the quality is not there. Um, for others, you're right, it's that accountability. That's one of the things that we love to be able to provide because people really do struggle with, you know, if it's all up to me, <laughs> then it might not ever get done. But if they have someone that's, you know, that they've got to be accountable to every two weeks, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I've got homework and it's due and I've got to implement what I learned last time. And they end up becoming better writers, better authors, better expressors but also they finally get the book done. It's a wonderful thing. Oh. And you know, um, in this world of conscious business, you know, Warren Buffett has said, if you want to be worth so much more in your lifetime, up to 60% more in your lifetime, learn how to express yourself on paper and in person. And oftentimes by learning how to express ourselves on paper, we become better authors, of course, but also speakers, leaders, healers. We, we know what we have to say. So the writing process is really valuable in creating abundance and income, confidence, all of these things. And you're right, people get paid more. And I find the same thing in my circles. It's like, if you have a book, it is it opens many more doors than does a PhD. That's right, that's right. And, and it, um... It's almost uh, the inexpensive business card <laughs> for a lot of business people, but mm -hmm. um, but for it just depends on what kind of book it is. And I am not really talking about poetry. I really don't have any experience with um, publishing poetry, um, although I like to read it. But but um, it's more the um, you know, going to a Christmas party and every year you not last year and the year before, but every year you'd have a have a something something to drink and you'd be talking to that person, hey, you finished your book yet? Divine timing is like divine kick in the butt kind of timing, really, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, in fact, I try to talk, especially when I'm working on a book. 
I talk less about that book than what I'm putting into it. <laughs> I have to make sure because I can be a storyteller too, but then all that energy can be expended. And, you know, you're telling stories about this amazing, you know, idea or, or situation. In my case, I do a lot of ghostwriting or co-authoring of extraordinary people and their experiences. And I can, I become their biggest fan, but I got to watch the talk and I got to get to work. I understand. I, I end up being the biggest fan of all my customers, it seems like. Um, so so do you use a story arc? Is there a formula that you use when you help teach people or guide people to write their content? I don't want you to give too much detail, but, but I think people would understand the value of what you're offering if they knew a little bit more about your process. Mm -hmm. Are you comfortable with that? Yeah, I'm very comfortable with that. Okay. You know, I work with people from all different countries around the world. And um, and I love to work in small settings like our Inspired Writers Retreat, but also um, over Zoom and other things. I, I highly encourage a couple of important things. Number one is to make sure you know your own chronology, to have written down a timeline and to be specific about all the left brain details, you know, time, space, those anchoring things, even records, you know, of rites of passage and other things. And then the right brain stories, even if it's just a few sentences that jog your brain so that you have this visual of, oh my goodness, you know, the, that witness I was discussing of your life, because you often see patterns of rises and falls in your own life that you wouldn't have seen if you're just thinking in terms of this story here and that story and this story. And then most people don't know how to put it together. Right. So the chronological timeline is where I tell even people who are doing self-help books, start there so you can really see when did I learn this principle best? And you know where does it belong and how did I build upon that? And especially for autobiographies and memoir, um, that it this is really important because you understand yourself so much better. And I hear stories and stories and stories from my clients who are like, this was worth more than all my years of therapy. Like it becomes <laughs> that understandable of I chose to do this when he said this and then it rippled out into this. And then that's why I ran off to go to college or married this guy. Like all of a sudden you see the patterns of behavior and responsiveness that you had in the past and you you like yourself better. So that's number one. Number two is I invite everyone to take a look at the power of the three act play, because oftentimes when people are writing their own stories, they want to write every single detail and those details are important to you, but they may not be as important or relevant to your reader. And so if you look at at things in terms of a three act play, you're able to more encapsulate the most important aspects of things. Let's say, because um, we're talking about conscious business, let's just say you you got six major and amazing promotions in your career. And um, while that's all beautiful to you, to your reader, it will get old after a while. And so it's important to pick, you know, out of all the hard things that have happened to you and all the great things that have happened to you and that you've created, it's important to pick those turning points where you change the way you thought about yourself and it propelled you in a, in a different direction. 
And that way it's very relevant to the reader, especially if you have one strong, mighty message thread that leads your reader all the way from beginning to end and they can see it and feel it. And you have a couple of other underlying threads in your rises and falls that also show up. And, um, you know, so the inner battles and the outer battles and where the twain shall meet is what I love to say. And, um, and then if you're playing small, which most people do, yeah. I invite people to take a look at the hero's journey. And there are several steps along the way. And um, there's been some beautiful creative work on that that has made it more simple uh, for people to, to understand. But I find that when people go through the hero's journey and they're like, oh, that's when I did that. Oh, I completely downplayed myself in there, you know, or I totally forgot that story or I didn't realize till this minute just how vitally important. Then all of a sudden you you may see great metaphors for your life. You may see these tangible anchors that that make your story unique and unusual in a container that a reader can follow you and not just handle, but celebrate and rejoice and get done and go, that was the best book on whatever that was that I have ever read. I've got to now tell 10 of my friends and I'm going on Goodreads and I'm going to go, you know, you want them excited yeah. and I love it. You know, you, you mentioned the expensive business cards, but I have seen where powerful stories change the world. And I believe that readers or writers can create more than just followers and readers and an expensive business card. They actually can create a legacy and that that legacy can create a movement, just like you were mentioning, where we all are, are um, heading the boats in a better direction. And so that's where I get really excited is when I see these interplays and they have a container from which to tell a most impactful story. That's where the magic happens. Oh. And quite frankly, ladies and gentlemen, it also requires a little bit of rewriting. Some people, they just want to download a book. And in spiritual ways, in poetry, that can be really profound and amazing. But usually for your own story, it's going to require a few drafts. Yeah. And that's going to be important. It's like, I'm going to write this to figure out what it is. And then I'm going to rewrite it and rewrite it so that it actually applies to the reader. And it's so impactful and full of value. Yes. Uh, I, that's the, the other part of this conversation is patience and um, uh looking for the highest value for others, mm -hmm. not just yourself in the author journey. Um, and, and publishing has changed so much in, in the past. Um, I'm a hybrid publisher. I don't know if you are, um, but it's, um, it used to be the random house, hay house type of environment, Balboa Press. And um, that was, uh, you had that or self-publishing, but now self-publishing is quite amazing. Um, mm -hmm. The capacity for you to get your story out. And it sounds like um, you have the whole, the opportunity for people to really make a difference with their story if they're, if they're um, feeling that from their heart, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, so I wanted to also show your website, if that's okay, and um, that way people can have a feeling for your website. Thank and you. I would be very honored. I appreciate that. Oops, I'll 
click that out. Here we go. So um, just tell me, guide me to navigate, okay? So, <laughs> so this is important and um, just that it's all about your journey, your heroes and sheroes journey. And if you scroll down, uh, just want to show you that we have this beautiful roadmap. And I really love this because my team helped put this together because oftentimes, as you know, navigating the waters of writing and publishing can be crazy. And so it's important to kind of self-assess where you're at on that journey and then where you may deserve to have um, more impact and success and, and some guidance to be able to get you there. And so we have a little self-assessment here and, and you know we help people to get certain books into New York and we also uh, indie publish. So we're able to launch national and international bestsellers because we have an incredible team with millions of people in, in terms of um, followers and uh, readers who are on fire, um, listeners to podcasts and radio shows and television. And um, so we we're able to provide beautiful, beautiful books. And we're also able to provide that launch into visibility. Because as you know, Kathy, you can have the best story in the world, but if people can't see it, then they don't even know that it exists. And so it's wonderful to be able to, um, for people to be able to have this experience of being visible so that more people can learn from your experiences and benefit by your wisdom. So that's fabulous. Yeah, that's the, the ticket is that they, I, I believe everyone stood in line to get these bodies to be here right now. And so the idea is to get your, your gifts out, get your story, get your gifts out and, mm -hmm. and really make it available because, and a lot of the marketing is kind of magnetic. So, and your work has been everywhere. You've been on Oprah, the Oprah Winfrey show. You've been a My work. Yes. <laughs> Today show, Good Morning America, CNN. So 2020, so Wall Street Journal. So Anyway, so um, this is, uh, I'm very glad to know about your work and to get to meet you and see how we might be able to play together. But, but I think what um, is really what we're, what we're sharing is that this is the time that we all came here for. This is the turning point. We're going from a time of high contrast and a lot of, um, War, you know, the war-based, competitive-based uh, mindset to a more loving um, mindset. And that's what all the prophecies say. That's what uh, indigenous prophecies. Mm -hmm. And that's what, um, what we're hoping for. If we're going to become telepathic, we got some work to do before. <laughs> Although shared fields, sometimes you can't just do it. But um, well, that's one of the things that you and I are going to be at the IANCE event mm -hmm. in Washington, near Washington, D.C. and Virginia um, soon. And um, that I'll show that site, too. The, um, the IANCE event is um, going to be our biggest one ever. I was on a meeting last night and there's um, hundreds more people coming this year than last year. 
hundreds and That's then online exciting. also. So it's very, very exciting. And um, IAN stands for International Association for Near Death Studies. And there's going to be over 500 people there in person that all share the same experience. Most of them have shared the experience of being in this field of unconditional love and they try to live from it. So when you walk into the event, you're just overcome with um, the expression and the, I mean, it's palpable for sensitive people like me. It's, I walk in, it's like, yeah, it is. I was at the, the conference last year. Oh, you were? Yes, and, and worked with Becky as one of the healers, a talking oh. healer at oh. the time. And this, this year I get to do um, on storytelling and writing about these sacred yeah. experiences. But you're right, you walk in, and I've been to all kinds of conferences and conventions through the years, and it's like, well, almost like a blowback, right, of, of just, um beauty and like you said unconditional love and acceptance and you know on the heels of what we faced as a country over the last several years it this is a beautiful space to be yeah. in yep yep well i i find that the idea of oneness is more palpable in that kind of a field where you really see a reflection of divinity in everyone, it's really an unusual experience. It's not like going to most workshops, mm -hmm. even no matter how much you want to hold the space and how much, uh, how spiritual the workshop is. This is people really in, in the world, doing the work courageously. They have no fear of death anymore because yeah. they know it's not a bad deal. <laughs> right. don't die. And so, and they become more courageous in the expression of those stories too, you know, so that that's really exciting because a lot of times people, they'll, they'll shut down a little bit, especially if their experience doesn't exactly correlate with what their family believes or their right. culture or their heritage or their church. And, 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 you know, often these near death experiences are, are very opening to us, right? We, we, we become open to more information than we had before. And then all of a sudden, like at IONS, you get into this field, as you mentioned, and, you know, none of it's bad, sick or wrong. You just listen to other people and express yourself with other people. And it, it provides courage to be able to go out into the world and, you know, not cast pearls before swine. Like if somebody's not into it, then you just don't talk about it. But right. more people are intrigued by this than not. Right. That's what I love. I, I love the, um, again, the language that you get from it, yeah. but it's really a feeling for me where the heart opening um, is palpable and there isn't an agenda manipulation and none of that is even, it just doesn't exist. Um, if if it, there's not an alignment, there's not an alignment, but there's still love. That's, yeah. that's the best way to explain it. Rather than when you go to um, a marketing conference and everybody's got their thing and they're trying to be cool and mm -hmm. <laughs> this yeah. isn't like that at all. This this place doesn't have agenda except that more people are empowered to share and there's more learning and growth and compassion. It's right. It is. It's, it's very cool. 
it's a it's a it's a healing modality really truly when you think about it i mean um there's a military people that um have been fighting for um ndes to be classified as an actual event so that uh people are diagnosed and treated correctly you you've got also you've got nurses you've got all sorts of professionals that are that are part of this whole knowledge enhancement new kind way of education and society that is is in it that's what we're kind of missing in my opinion to what's what's in the earth right now um i want to know francine just wrote awesome so exciting i'm desiring to complete my book how great is this oh wonderful francine i'm so excited for you so hopefully hopefully lots of people will discover your work and and uh, be excited about it. But let's show the um, ions thing real quick. Um, hopefully I don't hit the wrong thing again. Here we go. And here is the ions conference um, website. It's conference.ions.org. And you can see the beautiful um, participants. And uh, I, I've been lucky enough to meet a lot of these people in person or interview them. And um, the registration, it's from August 30th, which are, starts with workshops till September 3rd. You can come for one day at a time if you want. There's, um, I think, a hundred and, I think uh, Marianne said last night at a meeting, there are 160 speakers. And you can come, you can live stream the full conference is um, if you're a member, it's $40 to be a member at the lowest level. So uh, it's less than $400 if you're a member. And then you can come for a single day passes. And um, But a lot of people get the recordings. If they can't come, they watch the lives. Mm -hmm. And um, that, I, I even as a member, if you, I've got this full conference pass, if you get that, you get um, you get the recordings. And um, because I'm a volunteer, I'm there working the whole time. I don't get to go to all of it. Yeah. I spend the next months using that as my dinner. <laughs> oh, there you go. What a great way to learn. It's an hour. It's an hour. Yeah. Well, I, I love this whole thing. I have to say, I, I'm really not just being a silly t teenage or cheerleader here. I really love this. I, I It's meant a, a huge opportunity for growth and for seeing the beauty in all things um, mm -hmm. that that isn't reinforced in regular news or regular media. And so I just want to encourage everyone, if you want to have hope for the future and you want to um, question your reality and your um, capacity to make a difference, this is really something um, something that you don't want to miss. You really don't, even if it's just online, right? Yeah. You, you did it, so you know that there's nothing quite like it. Yeah, there isn't anything quite like it. And and I will share something is that, you know, when I had my near death is I recognize that God has ultimate faith in humankind. And I hadn't known that before. 
So imagine going into a place that's filled with people who have that hope and understanding and are starting to create a world from that space. It's really empowering and intriguing. So yeah, Kathy and I definitely invite you to come and be a part of it. And if you can't this time, do the live stream, get the library, and then come and join us next time. Right. And and it is different than you can go and watch a lot of these speakers on YouTube and get get ideas. But it's amazing what comes through at these events. They mm -hmm. save the best stuff. Um, <laughs> they do. I mean, I've been to six of them now. So and two of them were online that um, we really worked hard on. And the the thing is, is that this is a phenomenon that's been um, been studied and researched for over 40 years. Last year was our 40th year. And what happens is, is that there is no doubt that there's a mystical connection available for every one of us that we just forgot about. Mm -hmm. And so once you read these books and you hear these stories and you you become it, you actually palpably can feel this information, um, it's life changing. It, you, you come out as a shiro or hero. Right. Yes. Yeah. And that's what we want. We want we want people that are courageous and that um, are co-creating with the the best parts of life. Yeah. Well said, Kathy. Yes. That's really well said. Yeah. Well, well, so, so Bridget, how is the best way I've been putting your um, website up, but is your inspired story your, your best place to reach you or could you share the best places? Yes. So, so uh, your inspired story.com is the easiest way to reach me. And especially if you have a story you want to talk about. Um, that you can sign up to do a free discovery call. I also have some free programs on there. Like if you're a little nervous about things, I have one called Author Unleashed, Crushing Your Fear. Oh. And that, that tends to be a really good one. And there's another one called Author Unleashed, Going Pro. When you're like, I've got a story, I now got to make this happen. And it gives some really good insights. And so I welcome you there. I'm also on Instagram. Um, Bridget Cook Birch, The Book Whisperer, and um, you can find me on Facebook, Your Inspired Story with Bridget Cook Birch. So I would welcome and love all your feedback, your questions, um, and for us to be able to connect. And, and I just get excited because I know the power of story to change the world, and I know the power of story to change your world and your story to change the world. So I love it, and I welcome it. Oh, well, thank you so much. And I, I look forward to being with you again um, and and learning more from you because I this is the co-creation that we um, can encourage each one of us. We're constantly learning. We're constantly growing. And there is um, a, a great opportunity to see the best case scenario um, and to become as powerful as you intended to be without yeah. right well said. okay so and and it looks like uh, uh francine added you bridget uh, um what oh. an incredible story and not yet shared great 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 well thank you thank you and and everyone please share this if if you know of anyone that would 
benefit from learning about this and and would um, benefit from getting their story out, please share this. Um, it's easy to share from uh, Facebook or from YouTube. And um, we just love to empower and uh, help as many people wake up to their divinity as possible. So thank you very much, Bridget. Thanks, Kathy. Okay. Pleasure and an honor as always. Okay, yeah, well, we'll connect soon. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.